by your beauty. May we be overcome by your grace to the degree where you help marriages that don't think that that marriage can be helped, where you help singles to the degree where they think that loneliness will overcome, but you are a greater overcomer than loneliness. Where you speak to the broken and the sick, and they find wellness in Christ, even in a broken shell. To the cross, for your miraculous work in our souls. Because without you, we have no thing. So awaken us, O God, even now. Holy Spirit, move in a powerful way in every heart, in every mind, in every life, that you might be Lord, King, God, Sovereign, and our all in all. Make it so in our own lives. For we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Welcome to the Recovery House of Worship. We've started a brand new series The series is called Vertical. And the point of the series is that you're, and you know, just sort of so you know that there's no, nothing up our sleeves. This is the whole point of the entire series. The entire series is an effort to see you long for, find rest in, pursue, have a sacred romance with your God. That your heart would be so affected by who Christ is and would be so turned around by who Jesus is that there would be an affection that would stir up, that would be called communication that we call prayer. And that your lives would never be the same. And so I'm glad you're here. Now we started the series last week. Now the way it works when we do series here, it's kind of a little different. What we do is we don't try to give you everything in one sermon. What we do is we take a very big subject and then we break it up into pieces and we think that if we come to the series and you take those little pieces each week, by the end of the series you'll have an understanding what prayer is like. You'll have an understanding of what uh, prayer is and isn't. And we think that your hearts will have grown in affection for Christ. And so last week, we talked about what prayer is not. And we answered the question, hey, listen, since over 90, and we, you know, we, we cited the study last week. Uh, it, was a, it was an article in the uh, Washington Post, and uh, it was another uh, university who said something like 90% of people in America pray every day for some reason or another. I'm not saying that they all pray to Jesus. I'm not even saying that they're all religious or or anything like that. I'm just saying that there is something in the human heart that longs to pursue someone greater than themselves to the tune of nine out of ten people. And it's in those, if that's the, it's in those statistics that we go, wait up, that means kind of everybody prays. So if we all pray, why do we need instruction about it? Well, the disciples who were good Jewish boys who learned how to pray far better than you and I would ever learn how to pray saw Jesus pray and were stirred to their core that the way he spoke to the Father was different than the way they spoke to God. And so here's what we said last week. I can't give you the whole sermon. Listen, we have a website that you can go on. We have a podcast that you can listen to. It's all free. Listen to last week's. It's really important and foundational. 
But what we said is that God sits on a throne in heaven. And that when we come to God with our sort of stuff up our sleeves, with our false motivations, you know, when we come to God and we have sort of something hidden in our back and we go, oh, you're a great God, you're wonderful, you're holy, you're wonderful. God is going, hey, what's, what, what's behind your back? And we, well, if we got to get honest, what's behind our back is hook me up, get me out of this one or give me what I want. That's what really is behind our back. God, I'll tell you, you're great. I'll pray to you. I'll spend time with you. I'll even read some scripture. But please, hook me up. Because, you know, I'll tell you anything you want to hear, but get me out of this one for real, right? If that judge could somehow have a heart attack up there right now, it would be a very good thing. Get me out of this one. Give me what I want, right? And and so we come to God with these false motives, with these motives. Like we're fooling God, and God is going, hey, listen, maybe tomorrow you'll pray. Maybe tomorrow. And what we're saying is let's learn to pray. Let's learn to, listen, I don't, I don't care if my prayer makes me feel good. My care is if my prayer honors God. And I pray that that's your longing as well. Today we're starting with part two. And it's a seven week series. I pray that you come to every week. Listen, it's a new year. Some of you made some uh, uh, resolutions, good resolutions. You said, I am going to pursue a relationship with God. Maybe you didn't say it that way. Maybe you said, I'm going to, I'm going to invest in my spirituality. Maybe I'm going to look, you know, maybe some of you said, you know, I'm going to look into the supernatural or maybe get a little bit more metaphysical in my thinking. I'm grateful that you're here for whatever reason that you're here. But it's a seven long, a seven week long series, which is not long at all. And if you come every week, you'll be better for it than if you did. So just commit to yourself to do the laundry on Saturdays. Okay. Commit to yourself to do the, uh, the dishes or do the compra on Fridays. Just some day other than Sunday when you're here. Okay. Will you do that? Part two. When I say, when I say, dad, your dad, what do you think of? Don't have to say it out loud. Just think it in your mind. When I say your dad, what do you think about? What do you think about? What is the thought that goes into your mind? What is the emotion that stirs up? When I say, tell me about your dad, what do you think? Because, you know, the way your relationship with your dad has a lot of effect on a lot of things. Sociologists will tell you that the way you relate to your father, ladies, so you know, and dads, you should know this. I remember I was broken when someone came up to me and said, hey, you know what, Edwin? My daughters were very young. I said, Edwin, your daughters are going to pick a guy just like you. And at the time, that was not good news. That was not good news. I was like, man, I do not want my daughters to marry a guy like me. But such is the impact of dads on the lives of daughters. But it doesn't end there. Guys, some of you are realizing now you're a little bit like, right? Some of us grew up and said, I'll never be like my father. And a couple of decades have passed. And you look in the mirror and you go, Dad, is that you? Because you sound just like him. You look just like him. You became what you didn't want to become. It's just dads have a big effect huge impact on the lives of those that are here. 
You can't escape it. You might want to, but you can't. And so what kind of dad did you have? What kind of father was in your life? I don't know. But I know us enough. And I've done enough counseling. And I've been in this church long enough to know that for a lot of us, not for all of us, some of us had superhero fathers. And for that, I'm so grateful for. But for those of you who had superhero fathers, would you just be patient with some of us who maybe didn't have such a great dad? For this, you might be bored. But for those of you who didn't have a superhero father, what was your dad like? What was, what was his hallmark? When you think of dad, do you get all excited and wonder? Or do you get broken and hurt? I wonder what kind of dad you had. Did you have like a, an authoritarian dad? A dad who was all about rules but knew nothing about relationship? A dad who was all about get here by 8 o'clock but never developed a relationship with you? Maybe, maybe your dad was an authoritarian father. Maybe he made sure that you did your homework, but he never did check on your heart. Maybe, maybe he made sure you went to school, but he never did make it to the, the baseball games or the basketball what was your dad like? Was he an authoritarian dad? Maybe some of you, and man, I say this with such a heavy heart because I do some counseling here and I know. Maybe your dad was an abusive father. Was your dad the abusive father? Maybe he had a heavy hand and a short temper. Maybe, maybe, maybe your father has been dead for 30 years and yet his definition of who you are is still the definition you run with. Maybe it's still what you call yourself. Maybe you heard out of his lips stupid or sissy or punk or ugly. Maybe he was an abusive father. There's verbal abuse. There's physical abuse. God forbid sexual abuse. But these wounds aren't shallow, are they? They run deep. Maybe your dad was the distant or the passive dad. You know that dad that might be in the house? He might be at the address, but he's not home. That he's distant. He's here, but he's not here. Maybe he knew more about the shortstop on the Yankees than he did about the friends you hung out with. Maybe he was distant. Maybe mom beat him, uh, browbeat him to the point where he just let her make all the decisions and became passive. And everything in your life wasn't a suggestion. It was just like, whatever your mother says. Maybe your father was an accusing father. Accusing your mom of all sorts of ungodly things. Accusing you. Never trusting. Or maybe he was an absent father. Maybe by death. Maybe by divorce. 
maybe your mom and dad weren't, weren't married and it was just like, hey, it was just supposed to be a one-night deal and then, and then you came about. But when I say father, when I say dad, what do you think about? Because what you think about when I say father, when I say dad, is eventually what you'll think about when I talk about the heavenly father. We cannot get away from this, folks. We cannot deny, we can't, listen to me, the same way you view your earthly father is the exact same way you're going to view your heavenly father only bigger. It kind of goes like this. We have a father. And he raises us or doesn't raise us. He abuses us or doesn't abuse us. Whatever he is, but that's our dad for good or ill. There's our dad. And this is the fa- this father will, oh my goodness, there's so much that rides on this guy's interaction with us. He affects the way we relate to others. He affects the way we uh, interact with our spouses. He affects how we view God. There's a lot riding on this guy. And if you had an experience with this guy that left scars on your soul, then it'll be really tough. Tough to view your heavenly father any other way. So what we do, and we don't do this thoughtfully, we don't do this like premeditated, it's not like we think down, we sit down and we think this through, this is just by default. What we do is we don't think of God as our heavenly father, we think of God as a bigger version of our earthly father. This is our Heavenly Father. And so if our, if our earthly father didn't want us, then this God doesn't want us either. Why even pursue him? If our earthly father abused us, then I'm not really too keen on having a relationship with the Father in Heaven. Because he'll only abuse me. If this father didn't seem to care very much if we were in the room, if he cared more about his beer than he did about his boy, then. And so what we do is we come into our Christian life, we come into our Circle. We come into a room like this and we start hearing about a heavenly father that loves you and adopted you and cares for you and wants you for his own. And we say, that's not true for me. You see, the heavenly father is just 
bigger version of our earthly dad. And so I better not take a wrong step. Because whenever I took a wrong step, I got, got hurt. I got punished. I got beat. And so I'm not going to take a wrong step. I'm not going to take a wrong step. God, is it okay? I won't. I try not to. And you try to be good and gooder and gooder and gooder. And you never feel good enough. This father, he wasn't there. So I know, I know you, I know you kind of have to be there, but you're not really there for me. So you don't care about the personal thing. Would you, do you care? I, I, I'm sick. I got cancer. Do you care at all? Just maybe no. Maybe no. Father is distant. Uh, when my father lived with us, it was a long time ago. And he would work from 10 o'clock at night to like 12 o'clock the next day. And so he did like, you know, he worked really long hours, 12, 14 hours. But I remember during the summertime when we were home and my father would come home, uh, my father didn't like for us to, with good reason, he didn't want us to eat in the kitchen, in in the living room. Anybody remember those big old TVs where the screen was this big, but the wooden box around them were like this? Do you remember that, right? Right, where we had channel 2, channel 4, channel 5, channel 7, channel 9, channel 11, and channel 13. And if you were very smart, you waited for your neighbor to get HBO or WHT, and you hooked up the antenna, and you said, what's that? I don't see no wire. And just, you know, you would put it, and then you would have that, like, thing. Well, that's the kind of house we lived in, railroad apartment in Brooklyn. My father would come home. And when my father, he didn't want us, so, so I remember, uh, you know, it was one of those railroad apartments where the two doors, you know, they're like the French doors where they close like that, right? And so my brother and my sister would jump up as soon as we heard, like, his keys, jump up and close that French door. And then everybody would be like, wham! And we would put, oh, my gosh, I think till this day, there's like a whole, uh, like, steak set and, 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 and cutlery and just, like, dishes and bowls and, and glasses under the couch, right? It was like, man, we, could, we had enough. My mother would always ask, where are the dishes? I'd be like, I don't know. They were all under the couch. And so they were under the couch. Here's, what, here's the reason I bring that up. It's because I always had to make myself clean before I, could, before I could let my father in to the part of the house that I was. I always had to fix things up. I always had to make things better. Because the way we were living, our heavenly, our earthly father wouldn't, wouldn't be pleased. You know, till this day I struggle with that. Till this day I think that I have to clean something up before I can approach my heavenly father. Till this day I feel like I have to confess the sin So before I approach the Father, I have to confess the sin. I have to get right. I have to do what... But but such is the relationship with our earthly Father. It affects everything. So today, we're going to learn about our Father who's in heaven. 
and his name should be hallowed. But before we do, I need you to just go, listen, I'm not trying to do a year's worth of counseling in 15-minute introduction of a sermon. I get that this runs deeper than maybe I can, so, so maybe we just need to just kind of pause and go, God, would you do some spiritual surgery right now? In fact, let's do that. Father, would you just do some spiritual surgery right now? Would you heal some wounds? Would you open some wounds up that we just need to be aware of? Would you address our heart? Would you help us to rest in you so that we might see you as Father? Help us, O oh God, because our hearts are broken and our souls are wounded. and We don't know how to approach you. Help us. For we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, before we open the scriptures, I want to tell you what this whole sermon is in one sentence. If you leave here and you're not sure what I was trying to, where I was going at, and where the sermon was going, it's as simple as this. Listen to me. Listen to me. This is all you need to know for today. He's your father, but he's not your old man. Listen to me. He's your father, but he's not your old man. Our God in heaven, our father in heaven, is not a bigger version of our earthly father. He's a perfect version of our earthly father. Our father in heaven is not just a little bit more than dad was here on earth. He is completely other. If you had an abusive Father, you can rest and listen to God say, I love you and will protect. If you had a father that you had to protect yourself against, you can know that you have a heavenly father who protects you. If you had a father who had nothing but vile words for you, you have a father in heaven who has words. In fact, do you know that the words that the father in heaven says about Jesus, he says about you? Because you're in Christ. That's what it means. That he sees you the way he sees Christ. And that now we're his kids. And we've been adopted into his family. And we're not like Cinderella one-legged stepchildren. But we're really in the family. Right? Good stuff. He's, He's your father. But he's not your old man. So, we are going to focus on a scripture that you do not need any screen for. We're going to focus on it for seven weeks. So, I want you to stand as is is our tradition. Because he's a great God and he's holy. We're going to do the uh, entire um, Our Father. And some of you will do it with your eyes closed, yes? Because you know it, right? And you said you couldn't memorize scripture. You got like a bunch of scriptures memorized because you know this right off the top of your head. This then is how you should pray, everyone. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day.
Amen. Please be seated. That this is God's word. Now, the only part that we're going to focus on is this then is how you should pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We will not be able to get beyond that today. It is so rich. Every word explodes with meaning. This then Jesus is going, and remember, this is part of the Sermon on the Mount. So Jesus is telling these disciples, as well as many other people, how they should pray. And he says, this then. What do you mean, this then? Well, I mean the verses before it. The ones that we discussed last week. The ones that I told you to go back to the podcast and listen to. This then is how, since I told you that I don't want you to be like the hypocrites who come to God with false motives, or the pagans, who come to God with vain repetition over and over, saying the same memorized prayer, thinking that they'll be heard by God because they say this 12 times or this 7 times. Somehow God will now hear them. God is going. Jesus is saying, since then, I don't want you to pray like that. This then is how you should pray. Is how you should pray. Not is what you should say but is how you should pray. There's a difference. If all that prayer was, was a memorization of a particular scripture, saying it back to God, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. If it was just saying that over and over and over to himself, could you imagine having a relationship here on earth based on a script? Could you imagine getting tender with your wife based on a script? We call that acting. We don't call that real life. God doesn't want you to memorize a script. If you don't believe me, check this very same prayer out in Luke. It's slightly different. You know why? Because Jesus never wanted you to memorize. You go, oh, well, is it the one in Luke or is it the one in Matthew? Oh, no, there's an error in the Bible. No, there's not. Don't be silly. Jesus just didn't want you to memorize words. He wanted you to have a relationship with the king of the universe. And so he says, this is what you should, this is how you should pray, not what you should say. And so he starts off, okay, when we start prayers, now that we got the, now we've got the slate cleared, now that, here's the first thing I want you to do. Call me father. Our, not your father. Remember your father? He's a mess. He's, 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 he's screwed up with sin and, and I wish I didn't say that word. He's, he's messed up with sin, and, and he's not your father. Our father. Your father, i got a lot of reasons to not trust. Your father, I might have some reasons to not be able to uh, open myself up to. Your father, your father might be frightening to approach. Your father might not be someone I want to approach. But our father? Woo. Oh, man. He's one. And so we realize our Father is not a bigger version of our earthly Father. Our Father. But the reason that this doesn't hit, the, it doesn't ring the bells in your heart and in your mind is because you, you run up against your feelings about your own Father. And so what happens is, is the way you had a relationship with your Father, you put it on our Father, and all of a sudden there's a block. This is, I hear this all the time. Oh, I can't go to church. Why? Because I'm living in sin. Baby, when would... Oh, my! 
do we need to talk? Are you kidding me? Do you actually think that in those three weeks that you went to church, you weren't in sin? Are you kidding? That you never told a lie, that you never had a bad motive, that you never said something wrong, that you never... Are you kidding? He's, listen to me. Could you imagine one of my daughters saying that? One of my daughters coming up to me and saying, like at 3 o'clock in the morning, I've been calling her all day. I go, where's my baby? Where's my baby? Where's my baby? And waiting for her to walk through the door and then getting a phone call at 3 o'clock in the morning. Going, Pa, I broke curfew. So I'm not going to come back home till I can get curfew right. <laughs> but we do that all the time. All the time. All the time we go, I broke curfew. And I was doing so good, and I, and I was clean for four weeks, and I wasn't sleeping around for two months, and I, and I was doing so good, and then I slipped, and I fell into sin. Well, I didn't slip. I kind of dove. But and then I, I, I got into sin, <laughs> and you won't like me now because I'm dirty. And so I'll stick with this, Father. And I'll, I'll go, well, I'll clean myself up. And I'll put some perfume on. And I'll fix up my hair. And 15 years would have passed. And he's sitting up with tears in his eyes going, 15 years. For some of you, I just explained why this is your first time at church in the last 12 years. Because you thought you didn't have a father in heaven. You thought you had a father in your crib. And you confused the two. You read this and said, my father. You didn't read this and say, our father. The father that if the night before you go out painting the town red, drinking till you're stupid, get yourself arrested, will still will be there with you in the cell. He's a father. I don't know if you've ever lost a child. I don't know. But it's one of the most traumatic things that could possibly happen. Would you not agree? If you've ever had a little child at the beach is one of the worst places, right? At the beach. At the grocery store. At the mall. I mean... If you've ever lost a child, it it can bring up an emotion in you right now. And you're removed from it. You found the kid. Our father. Can you imagine? Can you imagine how the father feels when one of his kids runs off and they're nowhere to be found? You know what the Bible calls it? They call that lost. You're lost. And you go, what do you mean I'm lost? 
This is the first time I'm here. Now you're going to start talking that religious stuff. Listen to me. You're not lost in terms of you don't know where you're at or you can't put on a GPS and find your coordinates. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that you're lost in relationship to God. That the Father is arms wide open saying, come to me. I love you. I will stoop down and get into the mud with you. And I'll never leave or forsake. I'll never reject. I'll never. I brought you here just so you know that your Father in Heaven loves you better than your Father on Earth ever did. And yet we run. We run. We're still trying to prove something. We're still trying to get our act clean. You've missed it. He says, when you start praying... When you get on your knees and cry out to God, start first with relationship. I know, I know, I know. We're going to get to the hook me up. Get me out of this one. Give me what I want. We'll get to that in a few minutes. But right now, right now, when you start your prayer with God, it's about coming to Him and saying, Our Father, Our Father. Not my old man. Our Father. Should ring some bells. Our Father. We start with relationship. When we start anywhere else, you know what we do? We get ourselves consumed. Consumed. with telling God how great our problems are. And never getting to the point where we tell our problems how great our God is. We go, well, I guess I'm always going to be this way. I was born this way. I live this way. This is the way I'm going to be. There's no changing me. This is how I am. Don't, you know, don't judge me and all that. And God is going, you've missed it. He invites you to his throne room. He says, sit on my lap. I want to get to know you and I want you to get to know me. I want to share some things about you. And I want to share some things about me, the Father would say. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven. Now, that's incredibly powerful, that God is in heaven. The reason that that's so powerful is because it reminds us that God is greater than our world. He's stronger than our world. I have a, I have a big brother. And in, uh, when I was growing up, I grew up in uh, neighborhoods that, you know how like you, you, you live in this neighborhood, so therefore you're at enemies with the neighborhood next door to you, right? Y'all could share the same zip code, but it's, it's oh. Those, you know, Milton Street boys, you know, right? And so, like, right, so it was like Kingsland and Greenpoint and all this other stuff. And so that's the way it was. And, you know, I was Greenpoint, so we didn't like Kingsland and all that. And so I remember when I would walk through Kingsland, when I would walk through Kingsland, it was always looking behind my shoulder. It was always looking out, see what's going on, looking at everybody's face. Just I was on high 
alert. But if I walk through the same exact neighborhood, at 12 years old, my brother was five years older than me, which is like 60 years old in like kid years, right? It's like, it's just like, man, you're really old. Like 17 is like, man, I don't want to get old, you know, like 18 or anything, you know, right? It's like, yeah, when you're 12 years old, it's like that. And so when I would walk down that very same neighborhood with my brother, man, you could hear like shaft music behind me, right? It's like, walk up to the walk up to the walk up to the Boy, what? Man, I had a swagger to myself. You know why I had a swagger to my stuff? Because nobody could take my brother. Nobody could. My brother was one of the toughest kids in the neighborhood, and everybody knew it. And I had no fear when my brother was there. Listen, listen, listen. Come close, come close, come close. Come, 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 come. You have a father in heaven. What are you so What are you scared about? What habit is God not powerful enough to get rid of? What lifestyle is God not beautiful enough to penetrate? What what health condition can God not give you peace through, even in the midst of the greatest difficulty? You have a father, and he's He's close like a father. It's also in heaven. Strong. Nobody got muscles like your papa. Like your father in heaven is the most powerful. Oh, but I feel like I'm not going to be able to get through this difficult season in my life. No problem. You have a father in heaven. Oh, but I feel so lonely because I've been single for so long. No problem. Because, baby, listen to me. You have a father who's in heaven. But I feel so lonely. That's okay. He'll accompany you all the way. Yeah, but the doctors say this. Te- Listen, you have a father who's in heaven who will walk you through this time on earth till you see him again in heaven. That father is strong. Your father might have been weak. Your father might have been absent. Your father might have been abusive. Your earthly father might have failed you in a million different ways, but your earthly, your earthly father is not your heavenly father. Because remember, listen to me, your father in heaven, he's your father, but he's not your old man. Our father in heaven, and I love this, hallowed be your name, reverenced. Honored, kept in awe. That's your name. I would uh, go to work with my dad. One of, one of the cool things that my dad did uh, with me when he lived with us was that he would take us to work. He was a truck driver, and that means he woke up at 10 o'clock at night. It was the most depressing job in the history of the world. Um, I, we would get up at 10 o'clock. So you would get up at night, and then you would go home, and it was just like a, during the daytime. You would sleep. It was one of those nocturnal jobs, and some of you who work like – the night shift, know exactly what I mean, right? You, you wake up in the dark, you go to sleep in the dark, it's like dark all the time. Well, he would work these terrible long hours in this terrible place. So uh, we would go, and uh, he would take me to work. And as he would take me to work, he would say something like this. He would say, he would say, Edwin, when you work, you are signing the Cologne name to everything 
you do. And my name is Cologne. What was he saying? My father was saying that his name meant something and that my behavior was a reflection on his name, on his reputation. Think about that. God goes, here's how I want it. Our Father, who art in heaven, you are our heavenly Father. You're not our earthly Father. You're our heavenly Father. You're not a bigger version of our earthly Father. You're a perfect version of our earthly Father. You're intimate. You're beautiful. You're loving. You're close. You're with us. You'll never leave us or abandon us. You know more about us than we do about ourselves. You're our Father, who art in heaven. You're powerful. You're strong. You are something other. There's nothing here on this earth that can possibly compare with the might and the power that you display. There is no one on earth who can possibly... You are the heavyweight champ of the universe. There is not a close... Second, there is no number one contender. You are God in heaven. Our Father in heaven. Oh, Ed, don't forget. Hallowed. Hallowed be your name. Reverenced are. That my life may be a reflection and a finger pointing to the glory of God. Oh, that, that would be our story. That when we get into prayer, the first thing we would start off is we would remind him, Dad, close. Dad, strong. Dad, representing him. That that's the way we would start our prayer. That when we hit our knees, we would go, Father, you're awesome. There's no one like you. You are more powerful and more beautiful. But not only do you put the stars in the sky, you put the hairs on my head. You give me We just sung it. The very breath that we have is because he gave it to us. And I want to live to fame your name. Not to fame my name. Some of us walk through life and we want to say things like, oh, they just don't know who I am. And I would have said it with a little, you know, shaking of the head and the waxing of the face. Well, they just don't know who I am, right? If you're in my neighborhood. That's the problem. They know exactly who you are. What they don't know is whose you are. And you need to show them. That's what it means to hollow the name of God. is to show the world whose you are, not who. He's your father, but he's not your old man. He's not a bigger version of your earthly father. He's a perfect version of your heavenly father. So what does that look like for us? This week, I want you to pray. Remember last week we said we were going to pray five minutes each day? Here's what I want you to do in the very beginning of your prayer. Here's what I want you to do. I just want you to rest in our father. Our father strong. Our father awe-inspiring. Our Father, close. And for some of you, for some of you, listen to me. For some of you, your dads died when you were young. You never knew your father. You have no idea. You go, our Father, present. Our Father, eternal. Our Father, never going to leave. Never going to forsake. Our Father, here with me right now. Our Father, closer than my shirt. Our Father. So we're going to pray like that together. 
We're going to pray like that together. Today, before you leave, we're just going to pray, Our Father. And we're going to learn how to rest in His beauty. But before we do, I want you to hear someone share their story about their dad. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I have an early memory. It was about maybe eight going into nine years old. When I began to act up, it was at that moment that my mother made the wise decision that I needed to know my father. She knew exactly where he was. She knew exactly where to find him. At that time, in the early 60s, early 70s, they had a lot of social clubs. They had shuffleboard, play bowling, pool table, a long bar, place to roll dice, people of ill repute. Took this long train ride with this excitement, this desire now to finally meet my father. And I did. I met my father. I met my earthly father. And he took me on a journey, and I learned some things that no 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, and so on, and so on, should be exposed to. In fact, he asked me to not call him father, but by his first name. For some reason, I guess in his lifestyle, that was more appropriate. I went from place to place, and I met brothers and sisters that didn't live in my house. That was my earthly father. In the process, I began to grow and became this angry young man. Got into a lot of trouble, a lot of fights. I even began to argue a lot with him. Fast forward, when people began to speak to me about this heavenly father. And somehow I couldn't make that connection. I couldn't make that transition. I was kind of stuck. With this earthly father. And I want nothing to do with a father who was like that. Don't get me wrong. I love my father dearly. He's no longer with me. He was taken from me violently. At a time when we were just beginning to take off in our relationship. I began to learn some things and I began to call him father. I began to hug him because he wasn't one to want to hug. To tell him I loved him. Because he wasn't one that wanted to tell me too much. And I love you. But in that moment where I began to hear about this heavenly father, I was still trapped. I was still stuck in this place. My earthly father and the things that he had done, the things that he had said, the way that he had acted. And I vowed that I did not want to be that way. 
I didn't want to be that kind of father. But lo and behold, as the years went on, I was becoming just like him. And it took me to come to a moment in my life where I had to cry out to God. As my father was taken from me, I realized that I needed somebody in my life. That would love me. That would never leave me. Would never keep me at arm's length. And that would teach me how to be a father. How to love. Not it was that moment when I leaned into this prayer of our Father. In that moment, I was able to free myself. And I fell into the arms of this Heavenly Father. I laid my head on His bosom. And I felt his embrace. It changed me. It sparked life in me. I didn't have to jump through hoops. I didn't have to try to please him in any way. I didn't have to go looking for him in dark corners. He was always present. Always there. The moments when I found myself weak, he gave me strength. The moments when I faced the most difficult times in my life, he showed up strong on my behalf. We all have had and have earthly fathers. But you can never, never compare him to our Heavenly Father. He will never leave you. Never abandon, never forsake you, never harm you. my dad I miss my dad because I needed him to know and to see because I realize now that he didn't have a heavenly father so I encourage you if you're here today and this disconnect still happens in your life where you are still comparing it's kind of keeping you that you would realize that it pales by comparison our Father who art in heaven 
hallowed be thy name. just going to be practice for you tomorrow and the rest of the week. Here's what I want you to do in that prayer. I'm going to sit and I'll do it. And just for as many times as you need it, just remind yourself, our Father. Just sit there and just go, and let it bring up all the beauty of who he is. And if abuse comes in, just be reminded, oh, he's perfect. Wait, he's not only not abusive, he's helpful. He's loving. He's kind. So we're going to take a few minutes and just pray. Our Father. Seeing him as beautiful, as glorious, as powerful. The one who's worthy of praise. Let's pray. Our Father. Think of him until the hairs on the back of your neck stand up. He's our Father. He can be trusted. He can be depended on. He can be loving and forgiving, merciful and mighty. He's our Father. He's good. And he's with us. 
and he's for us. Our Father. He's a wonder. He's cosmic. And he's close. He's our Father. You're our Father. Amen. Now listen to me. This week when you're praying, what I want you to be reminded, even when you don't feel like His kid, what I want you to do is I want you to be reminded that there was an adoption that took place 2,000 years ago. Father signed the adoption papers with the blood of Jesus, never to be renounced. So if you don't know Christ, if you don't know a relationship with Christ, if you've never come to Christ and said, Jesus, would you forgive me of my sins? Would you pardon me of my wrongs? I've been far from you. I want to get close to you. You can have that opportunity right now. You don't have to wait till I stop speaking. You can do it right now. rest that Jesus has done everything that you need everything you need to have a deep relationship with the Father in Heaven who loves you so much He wants you to call Him Father I'm going to pray for you Father I thank you for this Reminder that when we start praying that lists are important and concerns really matter, but when we get to you in prayer, when we have our moments with you in prayer throughout this week and even throughout our lives, Lord, my prayer is that we would not see you as a bigger version of our earthly Father, but we would see you as a perfect version of our earthly father, that we would not see you as some distant reflection of our earthly father, but that we would in fact see you as the wondrous father, that we would begin our prayer just resting in our father, our father who forgives, our our father who makes new, our father who creates in us a heart to love him, to rest in him. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Amen. Amen. Won't you stand and sing with me?